My guest on this week's episode of Suds and Search is Alex Alexakis, founder of Pixel Chefs. There's a recurring topic that comes up on industry blogs and on SEO Twitter, the relationship between SEOs and web developers. Long story short, it's often a challenging relationship to navigate. SEOs complain that their changes never get implemented. Web developers complain that SEOs are frankly annoying. Alex's agency specializes in SEO-focused web design. In full disclosure, Pixel Chefs is Search Lab's preferred agency to work with on website projects. We've done dozens of projects together, and at least as of this show airing, we've never had one of those turf battles. The projects have always gone smoothly. Alex and his team won two major web design awards from the Academy of Interactive and Visual Arts at this year's W3 Awards. He has spoken at industry conferences like Ungag and CMS Summit. He also frequently appears on podcasts and webinars. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Alex Alexakis. We'll talk about the SEO advantages of building websites in WordPress. We'll chat a little bit about how to manage scope creep in a website project. And I'll finish up by talking to him about 80s toys and scooter rides in LA. All right, Alex, welcome to Susan Search. How are you doing? Pretty good, man. How, how's everything, Mark? How are you doing? Things are good. I, I met you at PubCon. It's been, uh, it's been great. I, I, you know, you're our go-to resource for anybody who needs a new website, which I don't mind disclosing at all because you make these things for SEOs. So I, I wanted to ask you a question. You know, like you're well known as, uh, you know, one of the best WordPress developers. Obviously, we use you, and I would vouch for that. Um, we love working in WordPress. I think I'd be hard pressed to find an SEO who doesn't prefer WordPress. You know, I'm just one person, but you talk to a lot of agency people. Why do SEOs love WordPress so much? What is it about that CMS that people love? I think the most important part is like that people are used to the platform um, and they're able to make the changes they need really fast without depending on, you know, they don't have to depend on learning curves, you know, because Every time you have a new system, there's a huge learning curve, and learning curve is time. So I truly think that's the majority of, you know, that's the main reason why people use it. Interesting. So I, I heard about a presentation at the time you were just pitching this. So it, it had, but it had an eye-catching title. So the title was The Most Common Problems I Found After Auditing a Shit Ton of WordPress Sites. So yeah. that, sounds like a, that sounds like a good place to start. Uh, kind of to, to set the table here. Uh, what did the audits entail? What were you looking at? Um, and, and how did you how did you come up with this idea in the first place? So I do a lot of audits, you know. Uh, so so it was uh, actually the idea was given by some, another SEO, you know, uh, to me because he said, "Hey, you do all this stuff. Why don't you just write about it?" Yeah. And you know, and and he said it would be a good idea because everybody wants to know. Everybody uses WordPress. So it'd be a great idea to actually find, you know, share with everyone all the items that you find that are wrong or broken, right? So, so <laughs> we we have a lot of the errors, you know, have a lot of the errors like put together, and uh, we're still gathering the data because they have a lot, a lot of audits. So we're still trying to figure out because you know I don't want to just give give out just like one or two things, you know, I want to give things that that are common, and I want to write down things that. That could be easily avoided, first of all, you know. Um, so that's the where the idea came. You know, it's just kind of sad seeing specific websites that they all have the like the same issues. You know, all of them like uh, broken canonicals, uh, internal redirects. You know, uh, it's just and it's just this little thing that sometimes you just make these little changes and you can see the size yeah. skyrocket. Okay, you mentioned you mentioned you mentioned two things. Internal redirect. 
what are the things that you, you do all these audits? I can kind of picture this being, you know, you go through it and you're like, for the <laughs> 1,000th time, I'm fixing this thing or that thing. You know, I, I, I know you mentioned a couple of things, but what are the most common things that just want to make you want to pull your hair out? Like technical or structural? Ooh, that's a good idea. That, that's a good start. So I've been yeah. talking to a, I've been talking to a lot of I'm on a uh, a run of technical SEOs lately. So I actually am interested about technical SEO, the, the sort of technical problems that you run into. Uh, most so commonly. yeah, so majority of the technical problems is uh, like canonicals. You know, that's number one issue. Like a lot of people set up the canonicals wrong uh, a lot of times. Uh, a lot of times, especially if they use different themes. In WordPress and they make errors, what happens is the errors create like pagination on the homepage, for example. Uh -huh. And then now you have a homepage that has like, you know, 300 pages uh, with, you know, with, you right. know, paginated 300 pages. So that's a big one. Uh, then uh, another semi-technical issue is like, you know, internal redirectors. So, you know, they change the websites or remove pages and then all the internal linking points to wrong URLs. My pet peeve is when, you know, no matter if they use like forward slash or non forward slash on the domain name, they usually, you know, have internal links with, with or without. So like, again, they create internal redirects, which is a very simple uh, thing to fix, you know, uh, what other things? I mean, a lot of right now, a lot of issues with like CLS and, uh, you know, a loading time and, uh, and how th the side loads and, and majority of the issues come from actually web fonts, you know, and, you know, it just takes specific time to just load the web font and then it moves around and breaks the side and, you know, your site gets dinged with, uh, you know, dinged with uh, errors for the core web vitals. Mm. I think that's, that's, you know, I mean, and these are, you know, and then you have, again, you know, people forget, uh, you know, uh, multiple H1 tags and, uh, uh, Every every tag on the page an H1 or every every tag right. on the page is uh, an H2. You have uh, surprisingly you have uh, I've, I've been seeing a lot of URLs with like uh, uh, non you know the ACASC uh, characters. So that's that's the some of the majority of the errors we've been seeing. Okay. You know I I wonder this I had a question about just kind of the life cycle of a website these days. So. As a rule of thumb, I get it. There's there's going to be a spectrum here. But if I got a website today, um, it was built by you guys. It was built by a good you know good developer. How long should I expect to have that site before I need a new one? What's a typical website lifecycle look like? That's that's a tricky one. It I think it truly depends on the industry. You know, um, I think like for example, if you if you're a construction, like a big construction company, you might have the same site for like five to 10 years. Some of this construction, the big firms, like they don't really do much, right? Like they do very little marketing. So the site is there as a brochure. So as long as it looks good in mobile and in desktop, they don't care. Maybe they put up a, a, a newsletter. But then if you're like a blogger, right? Like, or uh, you provide content, right? Like most of these people will go and update the site for good every three years. Now, though, you know, the thing is, like, like uh, having your site, uh, you, like, if you build the structure properly, you can just reskin the same site. Mm. So, and, and this is the main reason why we avoid building with themes, right? Like, because 
things out all the clusters. Uh, nothing against wrong with themes, right? Like, nothing against them. It's just, it's just the themes create like you know added extra components and then makes it harder to update down the road. So, in my mind, to be honest, what I want is like I want to give a platform to the people that they can use for the longest time, as long as we can update the core, you know, uh, core WordPress. Uh, we can update the themes, of course, because it's a custom theme. Uh, so if they want to come back every two, three years, we can just reskin it. So it really depends on the industry and what, what your market is, the audience, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, what is that, that, there's something that you, you mentioned that I want to just kind of dwell on a little bit. So you, you mentioned the difference between an out-of-the-box theme versus a custom theme. Now, this can extend your, your lifetime. I imagine there are much many, many more benefits to it than just, you know, you have a longer lifespan for your website. What are the huge benefits of having a custom-based custom, custom based, uh, approach versus just, an, you know, an out-of-box WordPress theme? I think the, the most important, for me, the most important uh, part is no plugins, you know what I mean? Like we, and you know, you've seen the side we built with you guys, like we have a full website doing whatever exactly you need with maybe like three plugins, right? Yeah. And it's usually what Yoast and Gravity Forms and whatever system they need to connect right. Right, to right. their like CRMs, right? Yeah. So that's the that's the main thing why I love them because a lot of the stuff could just happen with code. You don't need extra things, right? You don't think you don't need plugins to update your links, right? You don't need so so that that's why I love it. Where the themes, I mean, you know, they usually like require you to download a bunch of plugins. To make things work, right? So the issue with the plugins is what? Like that different, it, they're written by different developers. And then mm -hmm. one might make an update, the other one might not make an update. So now you have issues, technical issues internally that down the road might cause an issue to your website. And also, you know, make it slow. I mean, there's a lot of reason behind that. Yeah, I mean, like but, one, of the things, one of the things you hear a lot about WordPress are the plugins. Like people, the plugin community is this big part of WordPress. Your advice is really, really limit the number of plugins on your website, right? Yes. I mean, yeah, you know, I don't want the, the whole plugin community to hate on me, you know, but, but, but <laughs> no, it's that's like, my plan. Yeah. We're going to send this yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but the plan is, you know, the idea is that, you know, like majority of the websites, like, you know, it's just, they just need a simple, like they don't need a billion plugins. Like they don't need a plugin to, uh, uh, to redirect stuff, right? Just put in HD access. If you cannot do it from HD access, do it through the server. Uh, they don't need, uh, you know, there's a lot of plugins that kind of like defeat the purpose of, of programming, right? Like, so, uh, and again, you know, you know, I, my, uh, you know, the senior developer here on my team, she's very anti-plugin. And so she has kind of embedded all this, uh, like, kind of like you find ways to not use the plugins on the website and build something clean. But again, you can still have a fast website with plugins in there, but I, ideally, uh, I, I prefer not to have it. If we can avoid it, we can just avoid it. Well, another reason about plugins, um, it kind of gets to a point about one of the only knocks on WordPress is that they do get hacked, that the sites do get hacked yep. from time to time. You know, whatever the latest figure is, it's like the last thing I heard, it was like 40% of the World Wide Web is on WordPress or something like that. So it's, it's definitely a big target. So I can see why it, it gets hacked more. Mm -hmm. But you know, getting hacked is bad for reasons beyond SEO or beyond PPC, you know, beyond you know, search reasons. You know, it, it can really uh, it can really impact a, a business's ability to just operate. So, to help 
business owners avoid that, what are some of the most common mistakes you see website owners making with their security? Well, the first thing that I see, okay, I mean, first of all, the passwords, like I get passwords that I'm like, that's your business name with one, two, three at the end, right? Like that's not hard to figure <laughs> out. Right. Or uh, like for us, when we build, we try to avoid having the admin username, just okay. remove that. Once the site goes live, remove admin. Um, a lot of times depends where the site is hosted. We would actually put the WP admin in this, like we'll put the whole WordPress sites in a subfolder. And then we're just gonna, we redirect the, uh, the index, you know, to actually point to the subfolder. So like if we put a website up, it will be in a subfolder called like SC or whatever. Or, and then, so now to, to reach the WP admin, you're going to have to actually type forward slash SC WP admin. So that avoids a lot of the automation that, that the bots go because you know, the, it's, it's all hacked by bots. So they will go to WP admin, they will try admin and then start trying passwords like one, two, three or admin. Uh, uh, so that's uh, that's so I think the username admin is the number one passwords weak passwords is number two, and then I don't know if that's a security thing, but it's something that as a business owner you should be doing is you know back up your sites like so we offer a service where we will actually make updates to all of the you know the main core of WordPress, but we'll change the passwords every two three months, mm -hmm. and also we'll make sure that. Uh, you know, we always want to decide to back it up daily. So if something happens, mm -hmm. you know, with the click of a button, we can just push the site up live, you know, and that way it saves a lot of headaches and money. You know, if your site gets hacked and you depend on it. You know. Yeah, that's a, that's a great service. Um, what your go-to hosting, like what's your, your, uh, your vendor for hosting? Do you have a recommendation there? So, uh, you will laugh at this, but so, <laughs> So my site is being, has been on HostGator for the longest time. And most no people way. like, I tell them HostGator. Is that a WP uh, Engine or one of these ones? Like it's, it's on HostGator. It's, no, it's just like have a, like a, a, you know, a server through them. And, do, and I have a couple of my websites there. Uh, but, I mean, we, we use different, different ones depending on the client. You know, I don't promote hosting. You know, I don't sell as a service okay. because a lot of times... Uh, you know, people want to connect their emails and stuff like that. And yeah. for me, I, I just don't want to deal with that. I want the people to deal with their own servers and, um, and, and, uh, and work with that. Um, that so there's a couple of companies, you know, and, and I'm kind of stuck with their the names, you know, uh, that we have seen their websites, you know, especially now with the Cold Web Vitals, that they're yeah. like super fast. Um, and, and we're always happy with, you know, when I see people actually using them. All right. So, but well, I, yeah, I can't remember the number. I'm kind of stuck on okay. this. That's okay. And, and so the, um, the other part of this that I, I think about, so I, I really think about your job sometimes. I used to, we used to make websites in another life and I, I got out of it and I'm, I'm happy. There were, there were a few things that I, I don't miss. Like one of the things I don't miss was the number of people who would be involved in a decision. So there's a bunch of people in, in the room. It's not just the search marketing people. It's like, there's going to be some guy who is a, you know, like CRO person who doesn't like the color of the CTA button or something like that. What, what are your two or top two or three tips for, you know, just navigating the, that personal dynamic that you've got, you've got a lot of people, a lot of stakeholders, a lot of people who have uh, the ability to veto a decision and you've, you've got to get through to, to the end of a website yeah. project. 
Well, there's so when there's so so I always try from the beginning to find out who is the decision maker, which is hard sometimes, you know. Especially if you're in a smaller company, like a mid-level company, you know, they have, you know, the assistants involved, the marketing people involved, uh, the CEO, whatever the company, the owner of the company. So it's you always kind of have to know who the final decision maker is, and and you either request to tell them to, to tell you which which person is that, or what you do is, uh, you know, you kind of like, you can gauge to understand who the person is, right? So what I, I've been doing, though, is to avoid that is we work with a specific process. And mm-hmm. the process that I use is very tedious and also um, highlights, because, and because as you said, like, oh, I don't like that color. Well, mm-hmm. if you show somebody the design and they tell you they don't like the color, is and again, that's opinion is because I believe, you know, you have rushed to show them the design, right? Yeah. So what we do, our process starts with the, because again, you know, we want to build for SEO and no matter who comes to us, we start a process with an architecture. I start on a spreadsheet. I do not touch designs or Adobe XD or uh, Illustrator or anything until like easily like two, three, like maybe two, three weeks after we start mm. the project, right? Okay. So we start with an architecture. Uh, we do a light keyword research, or so if we work with an SEO firm like you guys, you know, we take the architecture, and then now we do a design gap analysis, which basically says, okay, so these people are trying to rank for this keyword. So what is our, you know, what are the competitors doing, or, or what type of pages are they? Are they informational pages or are they navigational pages? So that kind of gives us an idea of what each page needs to look like, right? If it's a lead gen, you know, we need to have a contact form, or phone numbers everywhere. If it's informational, we need to gather emails, right? So, so that's the first step. Then once we gather all that information, we'll move to the wireframes. So I use a tool called Mockflow, and we'll put together literally just black and white boxes, and we kind of lay out like the headlines and text if already exists, right? So we do that, and then, so now you have full wireframes. Uh, you work with the owners through that because now we take the architecture, which is, and un, un, you know, kind of outlines the structure of the business and the website, and then basically what we're doing is we give it a purpose, right? So now we need to understand what each page is about and if we can meet the business goals based on the wireframes. Now, once they approve that, so you know, right now we have two two steps of so approval already, which they have to be involved and they have to give us decisions based on on what we have found, right? So also we, at this step, we have shown them how the competitors are doing what they're trying to do, right? So then they, they get an idea of what needs to happen. And then once you have, once you're at that point and they have approved the wireframes, one, a lot of people that are busy, they're like, okay, this guy knows what they're doing. They know what we're trying to go after. And now what we do is then we take this information and we just put together, uh, the, we give them, you know, a design based on the colors they have, either brand guide mm-hmm. or the websites they like, and we'll make revisions. And the hardest part also is that, you know, we like to design for mobile first, Good. which a lot of times is very difficult because people don't get it, you know? Right. Um, so, so, so we design mobile first, and then we actually, uh, we actually give them the desktop and the, the mockups for mobile together. Um, but I think it's the process, you know, I think you involve them, uh, you know, as a business, I think every business person is trying to, 
you know, they're hoping that the person they're working with know what's going on. They will understand their, their, you know, the business goals, right? So I think by, by following a process like that, it truly, and you know, outlines everything they need. So I feel that a lot of people trust us to make the decisions for them after that. I like that. Yeah, that scope creep thing just that's what that's what got me out of websites. So. Well, awesome. Well, I, I've, we're running out of time. I want to get to everybody's favorite part of the show. This is uh, where Greg gives me a question for the guests, but gives me no context. These are usually like funny stories or personal anecdotes, but I don't know anything more than you do, Alex. So let's see how this goes for you. He has two. The first Perfect. one is scooters in L.A. Does that mean anything oh to you? Oh, my God. That was awesome. That was one of the first times. I think that was uh, and gagged in, Las, uh, in Los Angeles. Okay. And Greg and I just like we just rented the scooters and just had a blast running around downtown yeah. LA for hours. It was amazing. Hop on some birds. I love that stuff. That's <laughs> yeah, it, so. it was awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, I um, I used to ride BMX bikes for years, so you know, oh. I'm pretty good with balance. You know, with these things. So I was, mm. we were just doing some crazy things right there, and it, it was a blast. I love it. Yeah, he's a he's a big snowboarder, so he's not too bad at balance either. Uh, for you, he has a, so you get a bonus, no context, Greg question. It says eighties toys. Does that mean anything to you? Oh my God. Yes. So I collect robots and toys and stuff. I mean, like I can move the camera. I show you a little bit around <laughs> like there's stuff everywhere. Uh, and yeah. now I'm putting second shelf. I have, you know, like some of the stuff, like I made that thing. So I got crank here. <laughs> I mean, so I collect a lot of toys, uh, and I'm running out of space, so I'm putting them in my closet right now. Uh, but yeah, I collect all of these toys, and I love them. You know, I started digging uh, through. I just started buying all of these. Uh, there were a couple of warehouses in kind of like not so great area of Orlando, and these places were literally filled from the floor to the ground with toys. Like I have never seen anything like this in my life, and that got me into actually finding them collecting them and then i started finding the toys that i because I'm, I'm originally from greece so a lot of the toys growing up like voltron for example like i couldn't get it right like there was no voltron and then whenever voltron came like it was impossible to, to get them because everybody wanted them it was specific stores that had them so you know the first time i got you know the, the i found the yellow line of voltron i was like oh my god i'm i'm gonna find all of them you know so so yeah so i started collecting and and people know so like they 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 let me know if they find things like back here like okay. for example here it's a little et guy uh -huh. and a friend of mine somebody in her neighborhood just threw it away and they're like hey bro you know i found that do you want i was like hell yeah i do <laughs> you know? i love it well awesome yeah. well i i uh it's these are two good no context questions from greg so very, <laughs> very well done greg um alex if people want to reach out to you what's your what's the best way to do that what's your favorite social media how can yeah, people so, connect with you? So the best way it's uh, you can reach me by email at alex at pixelchefs.com or at pixelchefs.com and just click call and then you know they they all calls come to me. Okay, well, awesome. Well, we we appreciate the partnership very much, and uh, you're you're also a fun person to have a beer with. So I'm gonna give you a virtual yeah. cheers from Chicago, and uh, now I know you're Greek. We'll go get some you know spanikopita or some like pesticio <laughs> or something like that next time I get get in touch with you. And uh, For sure. anyway, this is, we'll be back next week with another episode of Southern Search. <laughs> <laughs>